You are listening to Give Grief a Chance, and I'm your host and advanced grief recovery specialist, Diane Morgan. And these podcasts are all about bringing grief awareness out into the world, because even today, my friends, grief is hidden and it's tucked away. So come along and join me on this journey. Let's start to bring grief out into the open and maybe you'll be brave enough to give your grief a voice. This is episode 119. Hello to all of my lovely podcast listeners and welcome to this week's episode. I hope that you're all doing really well and as always I would like to say a big thank you to everyone who takes the time to listen to these podcasts. So this week I will be chatting with Randy Charlene Brown. Now Randy has metastatic breast cancer that she's been fighting for almost five years and currently her tumour markers have been elevating and she's about to start chemo number 12. Now, I love the fact that Randy has never stopped doing the things that she loves. And one of them is making jewellery. And she's been helping to organise and run an artisan collective. And, you know, through everything that she's dealing with, Randy's gone on to create a peer support group called Warrior Artisan, which helps women with cancer or a chronic illness to be organised and confident on their day-to-day journey. And so without further ado, let's have a chat with our amazing guest. Hello, Randy, and welcome to Give Grief a Chance podcast. It is so wonderful to have you here with us today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm looking forward to this conversation. Great. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to jump right in with my first question. And it is, so what was your experience around grief and loss growing up? Um, Was it something that you and your family talked about? I would say no. Um, I experienced, I think my first kind of experience with with loss uh, was when I was about 10. My grandfather passed away from lung cancer. And it wasn't, it wasn't talked about. Like it was just, he was, he was sick. We knew he was sick and we knew at some point he'd probably pass away. And then it was just, it wasn't discussed. Um, And so it wasn't, you know, you just kind of, I I think at 10, the thought was, okay, well, he's, he passed away because he was sick and it was expected and I'm just going to keep moving. Um, and it wasn't until I was older that I realized how much I missed him and how much, I, you know, at 10, there are questions you could ask that I didn't ask. Um, you don't think to ask them at age 10, but things that I would, I would love to know um, about his life and about, um, you know, choices that he made. And, mm-hmm. and then my, my great aunt uh, passed away um, when I was 16 And that was a little bit harder to kind of wrap my brain around. She was also sick. Um, That wasn't, she, she was, she fought breast cancer and metastatic breast cancer. And 
Uh, but it still, it still wasn't talked about. Um, I was actually away from, uh, I was, I was with friends visiting some of their friends, uh, when I, and so I was, I was about three hours from home. And when I found out that she'd passed away and I desperately wanted to come home for the funeral. And my mom, uh, said to me that she didn't feel like that was necessary. Um, I had gotten to see her, my, my aunt before she passed away in the hospital. Um, and so my mom felt that that was, that that was enough closure for me. Um, and I think even then I didn't really, that was kind of, that was kind of it. Okay. Well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna just keep kind of moving on. Um, so yeah, I think there was, there was a definite lack of conversation around it. Right. So now do you have a history of breast cancer then in your family? Uh, so my dad's mom, uh, my grandmother on my father's side had breast cancer and fought it beautifully and, uh, lived a long life. She, I'm not even sure how old she was when she was diagnosed, but, uh, growing up, she, she only ever had one breast. Um, she had a little pillow that she put in the other side of her bra and, Um, you know, and so that's kind of the memory around it, but it, again, it was not something that we discussed. We never had a conversation about it. It was just kind of the understood and the known. And then my great aunt was actually my great aunt on my mother's side. Mm -hmm. Um, so both sides of my family, um, and my aunt kind of seemed like the, my great aunt kind of seemed like the anomaly on my mother's side, um, So, yeah, so a little, a little bit of history. Okay. So could you tell us how you found your cancer? Uh, Yeah. So I um, kind of had this spot that did not look like it, like it should have Uh, looked kind of like mastitis, which is typically something a woman gets when she's nursing. And I had a six-year-old and so we weren't nursing. And so that Mm -hmm. just didn't, didn't make a whole lot of sense. And so I went for my yearly physical, uh, in November of 2016 and just kind of pointed it out to the doctor and said, Hey, like this just looks a little weird. Can we, what, is there something, should I be worried about it? And she's like, ah, it's probably an infection. I'm going to put you on an antibiotic, but just to be, just to err on the side of caution, I'm going to, I'm going to send you for an ultrasound. Mm-hmm. She wasn't worried. I wasn't worried. Um, and so we actually went for, uh, I went for the ultrasound probably two, two ish weeks after the appointment with, with my primary care. And she said, um, and, and they found, they found a spot, um, actually on the complete opposite side that was, was actually like eventually would have grown to, to something that I would have felt as a lump. Um, and the, and then I had two lymph nodes that had, uh, that, that were, that were involved that had cancer. And so the theory is that the, the mastitis was from the backup in that lymph node. Um, and so, the, and that's how it presented. So fortunately it presented that way. Uh, because had it not, then, um, by the time I would have felt the lump, it would have been, I I might have been too, too far gone is the, is kind of the hypothesis. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So you're, you're going through your 12th chemo. I will start my 12th chemo this Thursday. Um, I was diagnosed, uh, metastatic, um, in 
the summer of 2019, uh, after spending about six or seven months fighting this pain that I had in my left shoulder and um, asked and just finally got the doctor to send me for an MRI. And when they, when they did the MRI, it, it lit up like a Christmas tree, uh, this, this big, big tumor. Um, and so from there, we, we, you know, did surgery and removed that. And uh, from there, it has gone into other bones, literally from the top of my head to my femurs and, uh, and also my liver. So I will start, I will start my 12th chemo um, on Thursday. Wow. How long is the chemo go for? Uh, so it just depends. Um, you know, if we find, if we find the chemo that works, that, that yep. keeps my numbers low and keeps the, the, um, the growth down, um, then I will be on that chemo, uh, for the rest of my life. Um, and so it's just a matter of finding one that kind of gets me in a good, a good stable position. Gotcha. So, so you just sort of play around a little, not so much play around to try and find. <laughs> it feels kind of like play around. Um, right. I, you know, I, I, I have teased that uh, I like to, I like to tease my mom and, and keep things kind of light and she doesn't really like it, but it helps me. So I'm going right. to keep doing it. Um, but I joke that it's kind of like Russian roulette, you know, you, you, you throw some chemo at it and hope it sticks. Um, and that, and, and I wouldn't say that that's really the philosophy. My, my doctor's really good about uh, this chemo that we're getting ready to start. She did a lot of, she did a lot of testing to make sure that we were moving in the right direction. Um, the last chemo was one that she felt really confident would work. And it did for about five or six months. Mm -hmm. um, and then at about the six month mark, it, it started to kind of, then we started to kind of go in the opposite direction, which, which I have, I have noticed, and I'm assuming my doctor has too, that I get about four to six months out of a chemo and then, and then we have to start over. Right. Wow. Wow. So when you're having an off day, what's your coping mechanism? Uh, well, it depends on the type of off. Uh, if I am, if I am just kind of not feeling great, having some, some pretty intense pain, I will just spend the day resting. Um, I, I have learned uh, in this season of my life that resting is important. Uh, so I will, I will literally, I'll curl up with a book or, or with a, a show uh, on Netflix and just kind of, just kind of spend the day, um, just kind of really just relaxing and, and trying to be as kind of quiet as possible. Uh, if it's just a kind of, I need to kind of clear my head kind of day. I like to, to do, I'm a metalsmith. And so I like to, to make jewelry. So I'll try to get to the bench and that's really, really mind clearing. Uh, this past weekend, I actually, uh, water is really good. I love water, whether it's a, a rushing river or a bubbling brook or just mm -hmm. the ocean. I just love it. So I was actually able to spend a little bit of time down by the river this weekend, just by myself with my feet in the cold water. And, and that was, that was really good for me too. So those are kind of like my three big things, uh, being, you know, trying to find a body of water or, or just having a quiet resting day mm -hmm. and, mm -hmm. and then just 
working on my art, art is just really important. Wow. Well, they sound like three amazing things. I mean, water is so healing in any case, mm-hmm. I find. Yes. And then doing, doing things you love. Yes. You know, I think, I think that's the important thing is, is finding something that you love and, and really just allowing it to kind of clear your mind and, and, and give you strength. Right. So what advice would you give to a family or, and friends of someone who's been just been diagnosed with a chronic illness? I think the biggest thing is just be there. Um, and kind of, you can take your cues from, from the person, but also allow yourself, like, don't, don't run from it. Um, know that they, even I, at least for me, even if, even if the questions are, are silly or just from a a place of, of not knowing, not having an understanding, ask the questions. Um, and, 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 you know, the little things, if you go stop by and visit, check and see if the trash needs to go out or if the bathroom needs to be cleaned or just something small and tangible, like those things are so important. Um, and if you're not sure what to do, or you're feeling like you're pulling back and you just, you want to do something, but you're not sure a meal, um, can be so helpful because, that, that first month of diagnosis, at least, at least for me was like this whirlwind. I literally went from diagnosis to the beginning of chemo in exactly a month. And, and in that month, there were so many, so many tests and so much, so much diagnostic appointments that were going on and meeting of, of doctors. And it was just a lot. And so, uh, you know, a meal, uh, even once a week would have been huge. Um, just kind of thinking back on things that, you know, could have been mm-hmm. different or whatever. Like those are the things that I think just being there and like the small tangible kind of everyday things right. are the things that are the most important. And I think it's good if people can just do it versus saying, Hey, you know, reach out if you need any mm-hmm. help. Because, you know, I I would imagine it's hard for anybody. I know, you know, I work with people who are grieving and, you know, it's um, it's hard to ask for help. So I think it's easier if people can just do it. Right. Mm -hmm. Oh, I totally agree. You know, I think if you rather than saying, hey, if you like I have no problem cleaning toilets, like just let me know. No, because I'm I'm not going to let you like I'm definitely the type of person like I'm not going to let you know. Um, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to need you to kind of get past my stubborn for me and just say, Hey, I'm coming this day and I'm going to do this thing. Um, or don't get like, don't plan your dinner for this night because I'm bringing you dinner. Um, a lot of times, you know, especially in the beginning for me, it was a lot harder. Um, it's a little bit easier for me to say, Hey, I need help now mm-hmm. um, because I I need a little bit more help than than I used to. Uh, so yeah, but I definitely think just jumping in and doing it are are definitely the, probably the easiest way. And I think it's great that you are able to talk about all of this. I mean, I'm sure at the beginning it must have been so hard with everything that you know was going on in your life but I think it's really great that you've got to a point where you are just so open um, about talking about all of this 
I think it's important to share our stories. Um, I am I am a, a firm believer that we go through things, we experience things so that we can go through them with someone else, mm-hmm. um, you know, from w- whatever it is, um, you know, whether it's, it's the loss of a family member or a miscarriage or your ed- the, the way that you get your education. Um, I think a lot of times we do those things, like we experience those things so that we can go through them with someone else. Um, and, and also I think part of that is that, that maybe there was some, somebody missing that you needed in your life mm-hmm. when you were going through something that you could be that person for people coming behind you. If someone has been diagnosed with breast cancer, then what would be your best advice for them? Um, well, I think one is, uh, don't be stubborn, ask for help. Um, it's totally okay. Most of the people that are offering help genuinely want to help you. Um, and I had someone tell me, actually, I tried to, to kind of deny them their help of me. And, uh, he said to me, Randy, you're taking my blessing away by not letting me bless you. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> it completely like changed my thought process. And I was like, I, okay. Like I never thought about it that way, but if someone's offering to do something for you, it's because they want to bless you and they want to help take care of you. And so don't take that away from them. Um, and so that that's kind of a big one, uh, rest, allow yourself rest. Mm-hmm. But I would also say, find something that brings you joy and hold it close so that, yeah, I mean, I know like for us, I had a, I had a six-year-old and a husband, uh, during my time of diagnosis and my initial treatment. And so we would actually, like, I actually planned intentional, like we had a hooky day where we all skipped work and school and we like took off and we went to a kid's museum and we got donuts and we just spent the day together, like having fun and just not thinking about everything else we were going through. Um, So I think finding, finding something that brings you joy, if you can do little, if you're feeling up to little small trips, if you're feeling comfortable about like the situations and the surroundings and your health and, and everything, I would say definitely plan like little small trips. Um, and again, like find something that brings you joy, whether it's a specific art that you can do throughout the process or journaling, um, intentional time with friends and family. Like I, those, those would be suggestions for things Mm -hmm. that you might find that might bring you joy. And yeah, I think that that those are probably again like top three things that that are important when you're when you're newly diagnosed. You have created the Artisan Warrior Organization, right? Yes, ma'am. Now, can you tell us a little bit about that? So, um, Warrior Artisan Coaching came out of kind of uh, just this need to to do something with my, my experience to, 
and, and and not just like selfishly do something, but to find something that brings some support and and some some love and encouragement to others who um, specifically my you know my I guess my target group of people would be women who are experiencing a new diagnosis of of cancer, whatever type that may be. Um, or even someone getting a new chronic illness or chronic pain diagnosis. Uh, those, those kind of three groups are, are women that are just really, really near and dear to my heart as someone who is experiencing chronic illness and pain due to treatment and then also still being in treatment. So it came out of kind of this, this idea of if I had been focused on my art, the entire time I was in treatment, then I may have, I'm, I may have, and, and I could be completely off in this, but genuinely believe that if I had been focused on my art, instead of putting it on a shelf and leaving it to kind of wait until I was ready for it again, I would have been able to come out of, out of treatment, maybe a little more clear-headed, um, and also just, just even through the process, it just would, I just feel it would have been so much more therapeutic for me. And so I wanted to kind of fill that void of women who are artists who feel like they have to put their art on a shelf while, while going through treatment. Um, and so the, the idea is that you can either, we can either work together for, you know, a few weeks or through your entire process, through your entire treatment, which for me was about 10 months. Um, so, and, and whatever, you know, to whatever degree you're comfortable, if we're, if you're local and you are comfortable with meeting in person, or if we need to meet by Zoom, um, I try, you know, try to kind of cover all of those bases as far as just being able to be there and be supportive and, and even, so I've got some ideas for projects and kind of activities to do to keep you moving in your art. And so that's, that's where that came from. Wow. That's beautiful. So it's more, is it more one-on-one coaching or do you do groups or? Uh, I am, I'm certainly open to groups. Um, I'm still kind of looking for that first client um, to be completely honest, but I would love, I would love to even find a couple of ladies who, who can find support together. Um, I never really found myself kind of support group girl. Mm-hmm. But I think, you know, rather than I feel like a lot of times we, at least my experience in the things that I've looked into is there's a lot of like negative focus within a support group. Um, but I want to I want to spend time focusing on on the positives and again, the things that bring you joy and that 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 fill you with life, because I I genuinely believe that you know, kind of my positive mindset in the way that I've looked at, at treatment since day one um, is, is what's gotten me this far. Right. Wow. Um, so one-on-one coaching then. Um, so you're looking for some clients. I think that's really great because I think it it's, especially one-on-one is like you say, it, it sort of opens people up to a safe place to really be able to 
to talk about stuff right and and yeah. everything just go over everything with somebody who's been there and you know and is experiencing it how can people find you <laughs> Well, I am on Facebook, I am on Instagram, and I also have a website. And uh, Instagram and Facebook is really easy if you type in Warrior Artisan, mm-hmm. uh, warrior, uh, all one word. And, um, and then for my website, it's warrioratisancoaching.com. Uh, and that's, those are, um, you can direct message me, uh, you can shoot an email, and all of my contact information is is on all three of those all three of those social medias and, and website. You're gonna have to keep us posted with everything. We need to like have another podcast, you know, three six months down the line to see how you're doing and you know how you're doing with yourself and also with your business. I think this is really fabulous. That would be wonderful. I've, I've enjoyed talking with you. Now, is there anything else you'd like to share with our listeners? I think just, just remember to, to spend a little bit of time uh, on self-care every day. Uh, it's one of the things that I've learned as well is to find, even if it's five minutes, like sipping your coffee quietly alone or, um, or, you know, sometimes I find self-care to just be kind of zoning out for 15 or 20 minutes on a, on a silly game on my phone, like whatever it is that, that helps you kind of remember, remember why you're doing what you're doing. Uh, and so I think that's what the self-care is all about is just kind of giving you a minute to, to refresh and renew your strength. And so that's, uh, that's again, like the lessons that I've learned, the things that I, you know, that I am learning is that I, I've definitely got to take that out. And even, like I said, even if it's five minutes, mm-hmm. I think that's great because most people think, oh, self-care, you know, got to go for a massage mm-hmm. or, you know, a pedicure or something. <laughs> and really it's those little moments. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like you I know? said, like, even if you can have your coffee by yourself for five minutes, right. like, that is that is such a such a renewing a renewing experience i even for me thinking about this morning i was i actually was able to wake up before my daughter got to my house from her dad's and i was like oh wait i just spent like 20 minutes like completely preparing for the day but not like you know not stressing out and it was it was so nice i'm like mm, maybe i should do this on purpose every day there you go. Hey, I have one quick question too. Do you sell your jewelry then you, that you make? I do. Um, so my jewel, the business name for my jewelry is Mickey Ann. It's M-I-C-K-Y-A-N-N. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's also a uh, .com. Um, I'm also on Instagram and Facebook with that as well. Um, I, I named the business after my grandmother's. And so that's, Aww. that's where, that's where the name comes from. That, that, that usually garners a question as well. They're like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> that's fabulous. That's really great. Well, you know, like I say, we need to have a follow-up podcast and I really appreciate you taking the time out and just coming on and talking to us today this has been absolutely fabulous no thank you this is this I agree fabulous is a good word this this (laughs) is fabulous I love it thank you Randy take good care 
All right, you too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay, you lovely people. That is it for this week's podcast. I hope that you enjoyed it and that it was helpful for you. If you'd like to find out more about my services and programs, then please visit my website, givegriefachance.com. There you can drop me an email, ask a question, or you can share your story via voice message and I'll be happy to play it on the podcast. And while you're over at my website, why not check out my free gifts to you? There's a guided meditation to help you sleep, a grief recovery ebook with 61 tips on the experience of grief and how to move through it, plus my fillable grief worksheets, which will help you to process your memories, thoughts and emotions. So please feel free to use them. And if you've enjoyed this podcast, please rate it, like it and share it. And if you feel like it, why not come and join me on Instagram at Give Grief a Chance Coach. And last but not least, I'd like to invite any women who might be struggling with their grief to come and join us in a safe and nurturing group on Facebook. It's called Life After Loss with Diane Morgan and I would be honoured if you would come and join us and give your grief a voice. Okay, my friends, take good care and have a wonderful week.